Hey everyone, it's Tamara and Lindsay, and you're listening to another episode of Take Me to Chelsea, a podcast where two Canadians rewatch and discuss the hit UK reality show Made in Chelsea. Today, we'll be discussing season two, episode four, No One Likes a Banjo, which originally aired on October 10th, 2011. We are off to the countryside this week with all the drama in tow. Jamie invites party girl Gemma to cheer up Hugo, but that doesn't exactly work out as planned. Meanwhile, Louise is displeased to find her romantic bubble with Spencer has burst as Keggy's presence brings back old feelings. The chemistry cannot be denied, people. Ollie wants in on Mark Francis and Amber's jewelry venture and offers to model their line, but it seems like he still has some learning to do. And Cheska has found a new love interest. And of course, it's Ollie's doppelganger from Gabby's music video. Is this weird? We think it might be. So let's pop that champagne. So I think we should kick off this week with a exciting slash weird development. So Cheska finally has what seems to be like a legitimate love interest. What? Cheska? <laughs> this is her first one, is it not? It is. Yeah, she's been perpetually single. Yeah, and I mean, I don't like that. I think she kind of falls into that Bridget Jones pathetic trope, which I don't like, but everybody plays it up and herself included sometimes, but I mean, let's face it. She's a really smart, funny, attractive, younger person. Yeah. I don't know if it's just like in Chelsea, she feels, you know. I think she's kind of the odd one out. Like, I think she's awkward. But she's very social. Yeah, but she's she's social, but like proper. So so the, the love interest is Kendall, who is one of Gabby's, what are they called? Lookalikes. Yeah, the lookalikes for the music video. Who and looks nothing like Ollie. Let's just put that out there. No, he doesn't look anything like Ollie without the context of the music video. Even in the music video, I remember thinking the other guy looked way more like Ollie. Yeah, but anyways. But the way she texts him, there's just like no flirtation and, you know, Binky and Ollie kind of call her out for that. But I feel like this is kind of a clue into why she's perpetually single. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe she doesn't give off the strong flirty vibes. But her text was like a nice sweet text and it was direct. She asked him out. She wasn't being coy waiting for him. You know what? That's something that's we have to talk about that because or at least mention it. But like it's okay to be single and lots of people are single for a long period of time. Like I think pop culture and media kind of makes it seem like people are always in relationships. But so many of my friends have been single for years and it's totally normal. Like not everyone has boyfriend after boyfriend. I think it just depends what kind of person you are. Yeah, it's true. And when I was watching this, I was super single. Yeah, me too. And there's nothing wrong with you because you were single. Yeah, but you feel like there's some there is, right? But like you're actually when you look back, you're like, I was super happy in my young twenties and having a fun. Yeah, exactly. Well, why do the guys get to say, "Oh, I'm single and it's amazing," but girls are kind of like, "Well, what's wrong with her?" Yeah, I know that's this double standard that sucks. Yeah. Okay, so she sends this text message. Kendall does not respond. No. And then Ollie does. Like, he follows up. 
That was funny. I would be so mad if I was Cheska. Oh, she was mad. You could actually tell that was real, which was really fun. That's what made it actually funny. But she was so nice about being mad. I'd be furious. I feel like that's a cardinal rule. You know, like when you're younger, you would like grab a phone and be like, I'm going to text him this. You're not being forward enough or whatever. Like I've had that situation, but you never hit send like ever. That's not okay. But I think maybe because it was for the show ish. Yeah. And Ollie felt more free to do that. And, you know, like they like playing up the camera. Ollie's like a showman ultimately. That's true. I feel like they're friends, so I don't feel like he would have crossed the line if it was somebody she really liked that maybe was outside of the show. But if she hasn't dated or been interested in someone for a while, and this is the first one that she's made the effort to go actually go and text him, and you kind of sabotage it a little bit, I'd be pissed. Yeah, he got a response. But do we think that's realistic that he got a response well all of their reactions seem super genuine yeah i don't know maybe like kendall was told to re- respond at maybe that's a cynical side but it seemed pretty genuine in that moment though so. so i'm not necessarily saying this didn't happen like I'm, I'm not i'm not taking it from that angle but i'm just saying like what are the odds if you send a text and that person doesn't respond to you for days they're not into you yeah like no. i'm sorry if, if you're into someone you're texting back but then you send like a flirtier text and they're like, okay, what are you doing Tuesday? Like, no, no, that doesn't happen. He was, okay, he was, there could have been feelings because that happens obviously on t- sets, but he was cast. Yeah. So I think he had this role to play. I don't know if he would have maybe been interested. Yeah. Okay. So, so the lesson is if someone doesn't text you back after a couple of days, like it's time to find someone else. But you know what I, what I found the funniest thing was how she broaches the topic i'm not very single right now so it's like okay what and then as she like backtracks it's just wait what do you mean what do you mean i'm not very single right that's now. how she broached the topic because they were talking about being single and she's like yeah i'm not really oh yeah 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 that was so weird and then it's like okay so it sounds like she's been dating or something but when you I... actually when you get to the end of it it's her not being single is she sent a text to a guy with no She response. sent a single text. <laughs> I know that is not not single. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, so funny. But that's why I feel like she has been single for a long time because the very fact that sending a single text message to a guy she might fancy is suddenly taking her off the market is just so beyond the, the realm of reason. So the actual date itself, again, like I didn't get any chemistry no it was like you were waiting for the reveal with all yeah that's all it was and why would you want a double date for your first date with someone well because i think because she didn't think he actually liked her so she wanted it to be more casual okay that's fair and that's smart actually because no one wants to kind of just not have chemistry and they and again he's on the show for kind of this reason so they have to do the ollie but that's all it was about like they didn't take try to take it any further at least in this episode they didn't show any interaction between cheska and him i know they didn't even show her like really that the outfit she ended up wearing even though that was cute when they were trying to decide what outfit and it turns out cheska's like a freak in the fashion closet like she's got so many weird dresses it's like, what? Why do you have a Lady Gaga? Yeah, the, the three or four that were there were completely weird. <laughs> I like, know. What are you doing? It's <laughs> just like, is this too much? Like, yes, for a first date. So what do we think? Will Kendall be back next episode? I think he will be, but I think just for the show. I don't think there's any spark between him and Chesta. Yeah, because I don't remember him again, but... I think he, I feel like I do remember him in, like, another episode, but yeah, we'll have to see. 
Speaking of first dates, should we quickly talk about, before we move on to the countryside and the cottage, should we talk about Natalia and Francis? Yeah. Like very briefly. It was kind of like a nothing date. (laughs) It was a nothing date, but it was a little unexpected in that I think we're now beginning to see this other side of Francis that we actually like, right? Yeah. He was so nice. He seemed more boyish and like trying to make a good impression and get to know her and there's no like creepy misogyny or anything weird like that yeah either he likes her or he thinks she's beautiful or he's kind of learning how to be better on this show he's creating his persona yeah he still hasn't nailed it yet no did you notice he went to the bluebird though yeah i made that note too yeah that's i miss the bluebird but i was gonna we have to say that day was really cute yeah i don't know i don't know who set it up the skateboarding was cute because it's like flirty a bit. You have to like hold hands. And then the picnic was so cute. I would like, so if someone did that for me. I would have been like, this is cool. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We definitely saw a different side of Francis. And hopefully, I mean, we'll see. I can't really remember what happens to them. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a bad start. Like she's, she's really shy, but she's not offensive or anything. If, if I can see why he likes her. So these are all the, these are the C, C cast foot fringe who we love, but did not get invited to the countryside. (laughs) Yeah, but we're not here for those storylines as much as we are our main people who are all off together to the countryside. Did you catch where they went? No, I didn't. But it was a small group. I feel like now their groups are a lot bigger. There are only five of them, a little too small. It's true, but but that's the kind of size of group you would go to a cottage country. I feel like this was the first dinner party scene. Now there's such a thing. No, the first one was in season one when Kagi's so uncomfortable. Oh, true. Yeah, good point. But but I feel like now they happen every episode. Yeah. Okay, so let's break this down though. So like we have Louise and Spencer who go together and they set off you know, happy as can be. Spencer's rented a car and, you know, they're very, they're Super very coupley. loved up. Yeah. And then Kagi's going kind of fringe. Like she doesn't seem to be going like with Rosie. She's not really going with Hugo. Hugo's kind of with the guys. She's just there, I guess. I think, I think that's interesting. Like, I feel like she probably feels like she's betraying Millie a little bit. Yeah. And she brings up Millie a lot. Yeah. And then we have Jamie who's hosting and he's brought Gemma who I completely forgot about until she jumped out of the house and was like, oh, right, this woman. I always remember this dinner scene, though, with her. I just remember her being so sloppy. It's so bizarre considering the context. And you can just see it on all of their faces. Like, she is clear. She sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, it's they present it as funny, mm-hmm. but, like, it is a bit sad. It is sad. I felt bad for her. I mean, I think we later find out she has a drinking problem. But, I mean, everybody, even if you don't have a drinking problem, you can have a sloppy night like this and be embarrassing. They were just, I think she was drinking the whole time. I thought she was just, like, very outgoing and kind of off-key in terms of, like, social decorum. No, I think she was drunk, fully drunk the whole time. Okay. And you know what? You know what I noticed again is Kagi got a little like eh, about her. Yeah, she did. And I feel like Kagi love, 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 love Kagi, of course. But she doesn't like other people. She doesn't, she's not really close with making fun of her in any way. Like I, I always notice these moments 
um, where Peggy kind of gets called out for something and she always gets disgruntled about it. And in this case, Gemma kind of, I guess, is overly familiar and says something to Keg, and Keggy kind of, what? What are you talking about? Right, right. Yeah, she's, like, defensive. But if I were Keggy, I would not be happy this whole trip. Like, yeah, you're going with your mates, but you feel conflicted about the whole Millie-Hugo situation, and then you're with Spencer and Louise. Like, it's just, why would you, like, I would not, if I were her, I would not want to go. No, and at the beginning, well, for most of it, she seems uncomfortable and, like, why am I here? I think the the drinking helped everyone get in a better mood. But yeah, like at, at the beginning of the trip, so the scene that so awkward, like the when they're going up the stairs, her Spencer and Louise. <laughs> Why? What was that? That Why? was a scene. Why? And and Kagi sadly goes into her room. And you could just tell. I don't know. You know they're doing it for the show. That scene that was set up obviously and it's just like you can just kind of see it in her face too yeah if i were keggy i'd be like why do i have to do this this is so dumb i don't care but you know okay so i mean we can say what we want about how we're not really sure about you know even spencer's we know spencer likes Keggy. like we hundred percent we're not sure about what's being played up for the show and, and 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 what isn't but once they got drunk i don't think you can like cut those looks I agree. Spencer and Kagi, I think a lot more happened during that weekend that we didn't really see. It was see. only one night. Okay, during that one night, didn't see. Like, there is this undeniable chemistry between Kagi and Spencer. I still think she doesn't know what to do with it, and she doesn't know how she feels about it, but Spencer's heart is with Kagi 100%, and I think this trip, or not even this trip, but, like, when they're together – it's so obvious to everyone and I think it's even obvious to Spencer and I think for the first time it became obvious to Louise and it's kind of painful to watch I don't know I kind of have this like thing in my head where I feel I don't know how this works but I feel like Spencer and Louise are more in love than is being portrayed whereas like again where this is through Kagi's lens a bit so I, I do think they are more coupled up even mm-hmm. than we see and I do think Louise has reasons for being so attached to Spencer like I don't think he's treating her like shit I think Spencer I think you're right I think Spencer is very charming as we've said numerous times and I think he's one of those people that when you are the one he is paying attention to you feel like the center of the world and you do feel like this he feels this way about me and no one else I think he's very good at that and I think that's part of the reason that so many women fall for him and think he's not gonna cheat like later on when he is a serial cheater, I think he's very good at convincing people mm-hmm. and not even like saying he does so in, in a manipulative way, but I think his attention when he's focused on you is very attractive. Yeah. And I think Louise has kind of fallen into that, but I don't think that Spencer is somehow like more in love at this point with Louise than Keggy. Like I still think Keggy is the one. Yeah, I think to be fair to Louise though, I think she is unique in Spencer's women. Like, mm-hmm. he does treat her like shit, but there is something between them. He's not just, like, what actually becomes of their women, where, like, they date for a bit and then it's gone. Like, they have, like, this weird thing for years. Yeah. No, he's separate. For sure. I think because she met him when he was still not, like, a Lothario. Yeah. But what is it? Like, I don't... I mean, obviously, I, I've had crushes on people, but I don't know what this is with Spencer... It's almost like idolizing a celebrity or something with Keggy. It's it's like, how do you compare 
that kind of feeling to like an actual grounded mature let's just say relationship that he has with Louise that they obviously really care for each other and they have chemistry and they're having sex all the time and because you know what I think the difference is I think Spencer has respect for Kagi that he doesn't have for Louise so I think that's why he can kind of treat her like a side piece and yet hold Kagi like they're friends on top of everything else Whereas I feel like Louise was kind of out of the picture and like then they started being romantically involved, sexually involved, and it blurred the lines and she came back into his life. But Kagi has the respect of his best friends, has a history with some of his best friends too. So I think it's not the same. I don't know. Like I feel, I don't, yeah, it's, it's hard to put into words, but I do think he kind of reveres her as this woman that he loves and it's a separate thing than how he sees Louise, who he's hooked up with in the past, dated in the past, knows. It's not new, you know? I, I, yeah. But I kind of, I just feel like Louise wouldn't be, I know, like, she is desperately in love with Spencer. Yeah. But I don't, I feel like she is in on something. She's aware they're playing up the Kagi storyline. She's sticking around and it bugs her. But I think because she knows, like, that's not maybe fully real. I don't know. Like, why would... I don't... I would have the opposite impression. Okay. Like, I think she... I think I think Louise gets weird about filming, and she kind of puts on this air about her when she's aware of she's filming. But I think in this episode, we do see real Louise. Like, I think she genuinely is threatened by Kagi. Even when she... Okay, so I think the setup... I think it was set up that she went into Kagi's room, but I think the conversation was genuine. Speaking about that, so yeah, so Kagi and Spencer have obviously had this chemistry at the dinner table. Louise is feeling irked about it and confused. And, you know, she arrived with Spencer and kind of thought, oh, it's like a little couple's vacation, I'm guessing. And then watches Spencer treat Kagi a certain way and is wondering, why not me? And I don't, I don't love how she speaks to Kagi. Like, it honestly annoyed me so much. That kind of attacking, not attacking, but like basically implying that Kagi's no better than her. Like, why does he like you so much, essentially? And I thought that was so self-important. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I just didn't like that. Like saying, suggesting for a second that Kagi should just hook up with Spencer so that Louise can have him. That's gross. Yeah, that's that's offensive. It was so that's offensive. Like she's like a body to be used. Yeah, like, and gross. and suggesting that like all of Spencer's affection for Kagi is purely sexual, which is just bull. Like that's yeah. not true. But actually, no. Okay, yeah, we know that. But also knowing Spencer, that is a pattern of his. <laughs> I don't believe that. No, but I, yeah, no, but I'm just saying. Spoiler to come. This is what Spencer turns into. <laughs> yeah, that he does do that. But I think it's insulting to suggest that his affection for her is just down to sex and not about her personality. No, yeah, it's totally insulting. I, It is like Louise's, she has like this catty dark side. Yeah, she does. It makes me not like her. This is maybe where you first see it, but it comes out a lot later. But because she's been kind of sweet, like you were saying last episode, the kid sister kind of vibe. But that's what I don't like about her, though. No, but I mean, that's more sympathetic than this. You know, that's my point. Okay. But again, she's kid's sister kind of to Spencer. Like, she's all ooey and gooey with Spencer. But you're right. There is this darker side of her that is not at all, like, she – it's not, like, a sisterhood. No. <laughs> you know? Like, 
it's she is very determined to get Spencer. She's willing to kind of debase herself to be with him, hoping that he starts to take her seriously as a relationship instead of just a sex object, which I hate. And now she's attacking Kagi, the one person who Spencer does really respect and does love and is like trying to weasel her way in there and suggest that another woman should go and have sex with the guy she's seen so that he can get over like come on Kagi didn't see she seemed shocked by it but she didn't seem as offended as maybe she should have been (laughs) yeah if I were Kagi I would have been really offended but I think Kagi probably does feel badly that Spencer still likes her (laughs) We've known, we've had crushes on guys, and then you see them like someone else, and you're always like, what the frick? She sucks. Why does he like her? He should like me. Like, that's normal. Yeah, but then she should move on. Yeah. Anything that's self-respecting that moment is to be like, okay, I'm, you know, and I'm done. And, And to be fair to Louise, it does seem that she's done that now. I think she needed to see, when Kagi was away, she could delude herself and think like, okay, he's over a Kagi. He's trying to date me now. We're friends with benefits. It's going to turn into something more. But when Kagi comes back and he quite clearly says to Hugo, and I'm sure even if he doesn't say this to Louise, it's obvious when he says there's one, there's one room that I would prefer to be in. Like he's with Louise. I thought that was really inappropriate. And Well, then he should dump her too. Yeah, you're right. If you like someone much more, then what are you doing? he's weird because he's so in love with Kagi and like speaks of her so highly but then always creeps back to Louise like I think he's so worried about losing her because she's convenient and she's fun and he likes having someone there for him but I don't think at this point he takes her seriously and I think Kagi's presence makes that crystal clear he doesn't take it seriously but there's a I don't think at this point he has a problem getting birds as he likes to say so <laughs> I, I I just wonder there has to be a connection with Louise, though, beyond convenience. Yeah, I just don't think it compares to his connection with Peggy. No, no, no. But, I mean, he's choosing. He was basking in this singledom at the beginning. And he's choosing yeah. to not do that to be with Louise, in a way. So, why is he doing that? Yeah. Like, why doesn't he just do... Because he can get women. Uh, it's annoying. <laughs> but I don't think he has a problem getting laid if mm-hmm. he wants. So, it has to be more than that. Yeah. Did you notice she's very short with him like just want to get back to the city she he's like are you okay but what yeah she looked like she was gonna cry no she had been crying i am so convinced she had been that louise face we've seen it before yeah yeah we know i was gonna say i know that face she has 100 percent been crying i don't know if she was crying by herself or she was crying with rosie but louise was crying she has hit a wall here with spencer and she and obviously we see in the next episode she is gonna cut ties with him at least temporarily. So what did you what did you think about Jamie and Rosie? In the beginning, I think it was right before they left, he was like, oh, that's okay, right? You don't still have feelings for Rosie. And then Hugo was, I don't know if he was just like joking and he was kind of like, eh. I was like, that's so fucking rude. <laughs> I know. It makes me so, I don't think he was joking. I think he was serious. I think he does still sort of have feelings for Rosie. And it's so sad for Millie. So Tam, what was your favorite moment of episode four? So my favorite moment was something we didn't talk about, but it was the photo shoot with Ollie. And I loved it because I find like Mark Francis and Amber are often not very likable, but this trio, something about it was so good. Like watching 
Ollie trying to kind of stumble through this photo shoot and make all these funny faces and and they're so they're trying to be so encouraging and really genuinely trying to make it work but it just doesn't yeah obviously Ollie's like really attractive we've talked about this before but no but the he no but he's being an idiot like in a joking way, right? Like, he knows what he's doing. Do you think so? He I knows, don't know. Yeah, I it's told It's so hard. Because you saw some of the photos where he wasn't being, like, goofy, and they look good. It's like he knows he's being a goofball. But I think it doesn't... Like, I agree with their conclusion that it wasn't how to sell that necklace. Like, if I'm buying a necklace as a woman, because I think that's the way they were trying to sell it to, I get what they're trying to do, but it, it didn't work with Ollie. I don't think it would work with a man. I think if you're trying to sell a necklace to a woman, you put it on a woman, but... Okay. Uh, what was your favorite moment? So, okay, mine's, like, the tiniest little moment, but mm-hmm. it just, like, made me laugh so hard when, um, <laughs> when, when Ollie finds out Kendall is his lookalike in the music video, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, from Gabby's music video, how she casts lookalikes, and he's like, yeah, classic. Like, how he <laughs> says it. <laughs> like, his delivery of that word was just so perfect and like the situation is so absurd and everything yeah like, yeah of course like your ex is making a music video cast your lookalikes <laughs> and now your best friend is dating one of them <laughs> it was just so absurd and yeah oh he's still trying to make everyone comfortable around him obviously even though he's super uncomfortable so what's our fun fact of the week so we we always see kagi as like this person that everyone loves but there has been some kind of poetic justice in her life so or not okay that sounds awful but (laughs) so so her ex-boyfriend is married and has a child now with Bunda who is Spencer's ex so kind of a little circle because I believe by social media lurking that Peggy was kind of sad after the breakup with Bunda's now husband so, Bunda wanted Spencer, who wanted Kagi, who wanted this guy, who now wanted Bunda. That's kind of so incestuous. I feel like that's just Chelsea, though. I thought Bunda wasn't a Chelsea girl, but... Yeah, you're right. And I don't even know if this guy's a Chelsea guy. But I guess if they're all in the same circles, I guess they'll, like, yeah. do each other. Just weird, hey? That's like, kind of sad. I know. Sorry, it's not really fun fact, I suppose. <laughs> just interesting. I thought it was interesting. I haven't actually, and we won't make this a segment every week, but a Britishism that I had to look up. Ooh, I like that. Agony Ant. Oh, I know. That is a Britishism. They use, they say it a lot. They, they said it before. Apparently, it's someone you complain to and they give you advice. And I thought it was, I thought it was like um, a, like an annoying ant. No, no, no. It's like, um yeah, it's like you, yeah, you complain to them or you have a problem and you, yeah, it's associated with newspapers, but they use it obviously more like slang here. It just goes a person in your life. I love that. I think we should make that a segment. Okay, Lens, what music are we listening to this episode? Yeah, so this episode, um, I didn't recognize any of the bands, but there was just so many songs that were 2011. If you just put it on, they all sound the same. Mm-hmm. So I remember Cut Copy. Remember Cut Copy? That song, Hearts on Fire, was playing with that really awkward staircase scene. Climbing Walls by Strange Talk. Uh, I Walked Alone by Yacht. They're kind of these forgettable bands of that time. Cut Copy is actually probably the biggest one. 
But there's tons of these little indie bands that all sound the same, that all sound like so 2011 that you, they're just like not the same. They're kind interchangeable. Of, yeah, they're interchangeable, but like they're they're great like little pop songs. But I was yeah. just trying to think like the equivalent now. I don't even know. What are what know. are people what are kids listening to? What are, what are kids <laughs> like? Billie Eilish. Like if we were in college now, I just wonder what we'd be listening to. We would not be listening to Billie Eilish. No, no, no. That's younger, I think. But um, I just wonder. I feel like Billy Billie Eilish would be equivalent to like Lana, like how we liked Lana, but like she was also mainstream. Yeah. Like I feel like you could maybe respect some of Billie Eilish's music, but you wouldn't be listening to it twenty four seven. I feel like they're just more women and diversity because now it's just it's all white bands that we listen to because that's everything that was there that's true but you know what like the type of music we were listening to like little garage bands i'm sure there's still tons of those out today we just don't listen to them anymore because they were all like 20 years old ask a youngin (laughs) we're not that old we're not (laughs) we're not 20 no we're not 20 anymore what is our fashion moment of this week so i was torn between two um the first one was the big necklaces but i feel like that was kind of covered by the episode itself okay yeah but side note yeah on that because i wondered if you were gonna say Uh i was watching the hills or no the city and whitney was talking about the big necklaces and that was around the same time and she was always wearing them and then it was funny because then Ollie was saying, I was like, oh, 2011, it's a statement necklace. And that's just yeah. funny how they connected. And I remember <laughs> they were so expensive. Like they, you would spend like $60. Okay, that's expensive when you're in university on like a necklace. Like costume isn't, jewelry, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not like it's going to last at any point, but it'd be this huge chunky thing you'd put on. But no, I wasn't going to say that because I think they kind of addressed it and we did a whole photo shoot. Yeah. But my moment was actually, 2011 was like, really into like the punky side of it but not doing it in a super punky way so thinking about like um louise had oh the jacket yeah the 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 leather leather vest it wasn't even a jacket it was a vest and that's we don't like we don't see that anymore but it was like that slight punkiness and then also peggy in that same scene she's wearing shorts but they've got like studs all down them so it was kind of like you were trying you would have punky elements to your outfit but you wouldn't obviously be a punk to have to wear those it's kind of chelsea like a... socialites <laughs> yeah exactly it was very trendy that's my my fashion moment so next week on take me to chelsea we're going to be talking about louise's decision to ditch spencer obviously she watched them for just a single night in the countryside saw their connection and realized she is not wanting to be a part of this anymore we also see ollie confront gabby and Chloe has a surprising argument in response to that, that it's not actually Gabby's fault they're having problems. Presumably it's, it's Ollie's. So that's an interesting take considering what we've seen Gabby kind of put them through. And then, of course, our biggest moment is Crowdlock and Kagi hook up. And I don't know that, yeah, I don't know that we saw this coming, but definite romantic yeah, I thought it was just, like, flirty. I, I didn't realize that. It was, like, full-on making out three episodes after he arrives. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really crazy. So definitely excited to talk about that next week. 